You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Wieners. Yeah. Love. (laughs) Death. Family. (laughs) Kids. Friends. We talk about all of it, all relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship. Did you even bother to sound test? No. So we we just sat here talking for 15 minutes and you didn't sound test anything. No, but it's fine. So we're good. Okay, great. So we just fucking just took a stab at it and lucked out. Yeah. No, I mean, all the settings and everything are the same. So we didn't really need to. I got you. Things are, things are pretty honed in at this juncture. Gotcha. So uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. We are going to be talking about the relationship with one's self. Like masturbation? Joe? Or I guess if you're a girl, it's jilling. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not create that. So yeah, I, you know, I was, I've, been, I've been quite introspective lately. I've been thinking a lot about... about my marriage and my friendships and my focus. I mean, I, I, I think that I'm going through a midlife crisis. I'm not sure because I, I, I mean, I've never been middle-aged before and I don't really know other people with whom I associate who have gone through a midlife crisis mm. that would really even be willing to discuss it. I mean, my, you know, my dad got hair plugs and bought a fancy car, but I don't, it's not the same. Like I've just been very, I don't know. I've just been very introspective and thinking about myself and my relationship with others and how I behave in those relationships and what I want out of life. And I don't know. It's just been, it's been really challenging lately, but I've never focused on that before. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, mo- most of my most of my life, everything that everything that I have done has been like surfing. It's been like riding a wave, just trying to stay balanced and hang on as long as I can before I just dump into the ocean. Okay. Right. And I've never really thought seriously about what I want about where I want to go. I just, I've just, I've always just taken everything in stride and taken for granted that it's going to be okay tomorrow. And I, I don't know. I just don't think I want to live that way anymore. That's good though. Is it? It is. So it's, it's so funny that you say that because I've been on this, like, and this mission of introspection myself and, since I was 18 years old, I've not considered myself young. Uh, and a bunch of the content that I currently consume is people uh, much older and more experienced than myself. And hearing them say, yeah, when I was young, blah, blah, blah. And then they say, they throw the number, you know, 25 out there. I'm like, I wasn't young when I was 25. And they're like, you know, and then I was 27. And they're, they're still saying that they were young. And they're like, and then I was 30. And I'm like, that's young. And I was like, am I young? Like, is that what this is? Like, yes, I've not. You are young. I didn't realize this, though, because like being being implanted in wherever I've been in life, I've looked at it as, well, 
I've got all these things going on. I've got these irons and these fires, and uh, that's not being young. But apparently it is. Well, I mean, so, you know, I don't know, age is a state of mind, and I just want to be that, you know, obnoxious douchebag. But I I don't feel old. I mean, I'll, I'll be 45 in a couple of months. Yeah. I don't feel old. I certainly don't behave old. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm just terribly immature. Um, and, and I don't, I don't regret that. I don't feel bad about it. I'm not ashamed of or embarrassed by my behavior. I mean, I'm sure there are people in my life that associate with me that are sometimes ashamed of and embarrassed by my behavior. But I just, I guess what it is, and I shouldn't say I guess, I'm pretty confident that the thing that I've been wrestling with is I never... I've never cared enough about any one thing to put forth actual effort. You know, what's funny is like being an obsessive person, like I'll find something and I'll obsess over it for a period of time and then it passes and uh, I move on to the next thing. And there have been a couple of things that have been relatively constant throughout my life, but I recently started like I started writing a book uh, and the book was originally intended to be a screenplay. And then I was like, well, I need to I need to sort this out entirely before I try to make it a screenplay. And the only way that I can effectively do so is by making it a book. And I had another screenplay that I was working on that I or that was a series of ideas and I had started jotting down notes on. But uh, it's gone by the wayside because this other thing was much more important and it was uh, much more daunting. And the it, it, its gravity was just so much greater than the other story. And uh, I can't I can't really see past that right now. Um, so that's that's a good thing, but I've not dedicated myself to it as I should. So I understand what you're saying there as far as not pouring yourself into something. Uh, there are things that you'll randomly dive into and it's, it's almost out of necessity, not out of, uh, not out of courage or not because it's, you're, you're really attempting to better something. It's because you have to, because that's what the circumstances currently call for. Yeah. I, I just, I, I just coast. I've, I've coasted through my whole life. Well, it's weird. So like, I consider myself a good salesperson. And I was, I've been disgusted by the word talent with it, uh, especially recently because I've been doing it since I was a teenager, you know, selling. Mm -hmm. So I'm 30 now and I'm like, okay. I take it back. You're fucking old. Right. Uh, but I'm 30 now and I'm like, okay, I've got 10 years of experience in this. It's no longer like I was upset by it being called talent with, and there is a, a knack for it to an extent, but like, there's also parts of it that I've honed and like honing that stuff. Like it made me resent that talent. You word. have, you have a natural aptitude, but you also have developed the skill I have, but like, I've not taken it seriously ever. 
like it's something that's happened out of necessity because that's what circumstance called for. And I'm like, if, if I would have devoted any, any level of energy to this, I would be like insane. Hmm. See the, the, do you want to focus on that? What I want is the ability to focus. Um, I'm extremely impulsive and not impulsive in the sense to where I'm going to go cheat on my wife or anything like that because I think that's a different type of impulse altogether and that that's coupled with insecurity. Uh, so that's not the impulse that I am, but I am very impulsive with things and like I'm learning now what it is to overcome that impulse hmm. and to start to uh, to start to gauge a situation like to start to actually th think through something and actually try to make an intelligent decision instead of just diving in like i had a conversation with the gentleman today and he was well to do and this that and the other and he's like you just have to go you just gotta go and like i've done a lot of that and it's been to some success and some detriment so i, I hate speaking in broad terms like this because it's fucking annoying to listen to so i apologize listeners but it's uh, like it's just one of those things that the best way that I can sum this up is in generalities. So attacking, attacking anything has been done out of necessity, and now I'm starting to become deliberate. And it's what's scary about that is my attention isn't really allowing me f to do so in the manner which I seek. And it's bizarre. It's weird to me. Can you can you expound on that? So, if you want to get good at something, the only way to do it is by practicing. In practicing, like, I will lose interest so quickly with anything. Like, there have been only a few things in my life that I've obsessed over and gotten good at. And it was natural ability took me very far in it. Like, I would go and I'd... I could watch something, I could do a couple of tutorials and stuff like that and have a a good enough knack at it that I was above average, but above average wasn't excellent. Mm -hmm. um, and what I seek now is excellence, and what I what I'm lacking the ability to do is achieve excellence because i'm I'm not motivated enough to do so. And understanding this has been a very big realization for me and uh, it's something that I'm really trying to cope with right now and trying to sort my way through. Now, this absence of motivation, mm -hmm. is this something that you attribute to just a personality quirk, a it's personality laziness. flaw? So laziness. All right. Or is there, have you not encountered the thing that makes you so passionate that you are motivated to focus on so it. So I've encountered many things that I can be passionate about. The issue there that I run into is not that it's undeserving of my attention. It's that my attention is so fractured mm -hmm. and it's it's in so many places that I don't devote myself to something as I should. And I've never in my life been at the point to where I was biting off as much as I could chew of multiple things and pursuing something with just an unparalleled diligence. Hmm. And it's uh, admitting that is hard 
and it's hard to know that that's the case. Like I've, I've gotten to where I am like sales wise, just out of time. Like if you do something long enough, you're going to get good at it. Right. And, and there's a certain amount of necessity in being good at your job because that is your livelihood and you have children to feed. And so I get that part. I mean, my, my job performance has always scratched that. My job performance for the most part in my life has been important to me and I want to be good at my job and I want to be a strong and reliable employee because that's important to me, mm-hmm. but not important enough that I'm going to put in all this extra time and dedication to try to climb the ladder. It, it's so bizarre. Like when you're above average intelligence, things come easy to you. And that is like the biggest fucking curse in the world. Um, I am going to sound so fucking arrogant here, but like myself and a few other people that I know that are above average intelligence, like they, they will use natural ability and their knack for something to, to get by. And they, they can be the best in a room at it. And what is that? Like, that's fucking nothing. You're, you're not the greatest at that point. And like now I see this this greatness thing and part of it is my ego that's like, oh, I need this. And part of it is necessity to do more. Um, and I, I'm just really toiling with it right now. Like I don't, I don't even have all the words for it because I've not fully articulated it in my own mind. But it's, uh, it's, it's bizarre and it's hard and it's scary and it's good. And like there is that, there's a, irrational fear of losing some part of yourself and doing so and it's like okay well am i going to let um this immature version of me this this fickle foolish thing that's not fit to do what i want to do hold me back from doing it or am i going to let that die finally and it's it's hard to come to grips with the fact that you have to let this die and uh that's honestly that's what part of my that's what the whole premise of the story that i'm writing is about it's a it's about that destruction of the inadequate version of an individual in order to produce something that is strong enough to exist and thrive. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess for me, I don't, and and this is not me fishing for compliments or, you know, positive reinforcement. Or I, I just don't know what I'm good at. And I, I don't know what is the thing that I should pursue, that I should focus on. I just don't, I don't know. Well, you know how, like, there are people that paint miniatures really, really well. Like, if an average person picked up a miniature and tried to paint it, just to work. like like you know like people i we know from the shop like elizabeth ross and michael matthews yeah there and, are people yeah. that are just f- fucking phenomenal right at it. and that's skill honed that's a natural eye like there's a lot of things that play yeah. into them being that um and then there's like us that yeah we can do it better than the average person but we're not uh it, it's because we understand these basic techniques it's almost it, it feels rudimentary in doing this painting because you're like, I can do this and I do it and I make it look appropriate, but it's not this masterpiece that this other person can craft. And it's, it's 
bizarre because we're inappropriately comparing ourselves to the ability of another person, but the ability of another person was also obsession to some degree. And we've not perhaps focused on something to that level. And, and, and that that's my own personal failing because I don't care enough about any one thing to make that the thing that I focus on. Like I've always had a ton of hobbies, right? Mm -hmm. I've always, I mean, very few things in my life that I have committed to and said, this is the thing that I'm going to do like my wife. But, you know, even that lately has been, you know, turned on its head and, you know, we've been fighting a lot lately. In fact, let me transition if you will indulge me for just a Absolutely. moment. The other day, my wife, we've been fighting a lot more lately. Um, and that's a lot to do with me. My my level of patience is significantly lower than normal because mm -hmm. of the affair, you know, and like uh, all things irritate me more than they used to um, because I'm hurt. And I know that's shitty and selfish, but it is what it is. So the other day, my wife and I are talking, and I don't know how we got on the subject of it, but the crux of the conversation was, is that if I got a blowjob from a prostitute, she wouldn't care. That's irritating. Yeah. Right? She's like, well, I mean, it's not like you did it. I don't know if I'd be upset with you or not, but I don't think I would. And I was like, if I blow a hot load in some other chick's mouth, it's okay? And I was like, well, what does that, what does that mean? Well, because at that point, you're like, well, what's it okay for you to do? Exactly. Exactly my point. But she doesn't get that. It, she does. She doesn't. She does. On some archaic level, in the reptilian part of her brain, there is some part of her that understands it. I don't think she's come to grips with it. Yeah. And it's because she hasn't had to. Yeah. Uh, well, she, maybe she should. Maybe she should. No, that's terrible. Don't don't say that. Don't encourage me. Say, no, no, no. But saying that somebody needs to come to grips with the fact that you're a person and are capable of any amount of evil. Yeah. Like... You are. Right. You exist in this world just like everybody else does. And if other people could do it, you certainly could. Well, and that's that's the thing that has been so difficult. So you, you cannot be everything that your partner desires or needs. You can't. And our relationship is in this weird phase where... She accepts that about me and that I'm not going to be everything to her. And that's okay. It's perfectly normal. But she's upset if she's not everything to me. But she's okay if a, a hooker blows me. I'm like, I, I just... I don't believe that for yeah. a second. Well, I don't believe for a second that she would be okay with it. Like, I think she would be flooded with feelings of inadequacy and stuff like that. Like, I do think it, would... I don't, I don't, I've known this woman a long time. You're making it sound like she's a sociopath. I, I, is she so detached from her emotional connection to you? No, I think just like, just like there are a variety of, of different perspectives and views on sexuality and the spectrum of sexuality. I think that my wife may be 
and I'm just discovering this, you know, after almost 30 years, she may well be the kind of person that truly can disassociate emotion from sex. From the physicality? Yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't believe that's I, true. I can't do that. I don't believe that she can. Um, it, it, was she molested or something? Mm-mm. Like, because generally when people are able to turn that off like that, it's because they had some kind of sexual trauma at yeah. some point in time. Yeah. Uh, so that that's why I ask. Our listeners are probably fucking shit in their pants right now because I said that. But um, generally the ability to, it, one, it's either conditioned or two, it's, uh, which obviously there was a year of conditioning there for that. So mm-hmm. I could see. Well, some, but some people, some people can do that. And so I think that what, what, the thing that is valuable in our relationship to her is time, is time spent together. And I think that physicality, that that type of intimacy, she can disassociate it from time spent. And that's why I think that she could have the affair, because that was just sex. She's basically a dude. So, even a male, I don't think, can completely disassociate sex with emotion. Um, I think there's a level of it, and I think we definitely desensitize to it. Mm. Uh, But I don't believe that anybody's completely devoid of any kind of feeling when it comes to that particular act. Um, And it's, it's because biologically you're designed so that there is a emotional connection there. And, uh, yeah, it, it... Part of it is, I guess I'm projecting here a little bit because like there is, for me, it's, it's important. And I, I believe that you should not detach yourself in, in that way. Right. Um, so if, if it's okay to fuck other people, then basically we're just roommates. Basically. Yeah. And I don't think that's an effective mode of being like, no, I I don't, I I agree with you. I don't, I don't think that it is either. I don't think that cultivates anything healthy as far as trust building goes. Right. But I guess, and this is something that this will tie back to the, the, to the topic of the episode. I didn't think about this stuff until she told me about the affair. Like I didn't, I didn't think about what I wanted out of the relationship that I'm not getting. Cause I just set that aside Um, because I love her and I get so many great benefits out of the relationship that I, I'm not. So you coming to this place was necessary. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not concerned about those other things, but now I'm thinking, well, if I can't have fidelity, then what am I actually having? Right. No, that's a. I think that's a very fair question to be asking. But but I can't have this conversation with her. Why? Because it'll crush her. You should. But I don't want to crush her. But it's the truth. Like, but, 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 okay. And this goes back to the, the basic, the, the, the basic mantra. I don't, I know you don't think the truth should get in the way of a good story, but the truth is the good story. 
and it's it's the hard thing like i've been i i've been listening to a lot of jordan peterson recently and one of his rules is tell the truth or at least don't lie in his book 12 rules for life and uh i'm like shit that's a big deal that like that is a big deal and when he goes through his he basically writes a an essay about it uh following giving you the rule obviously or it wouldn't be a book it would just be fucking you know bullet points but um you take this and when it's expanded upon like you realize the gravity of telling the truth and of being honest and like ultimately you're in a state of turmoil right now because you're not telling the truth or at least your best version of it like what you know to be true right now and it's doing you and her some profound disservice clearly because you're in a state of turmoil about it and it's something that you're turning into resentment on other fronts now don't 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 be that guy don't don't start being wise and making sense to me I was trying That's to not what analyze I... <laughs> it effectively. <laughs> that is not what your friends want. That is what your friends want. No, it's true. It's, it's a it's a good friend that will be that will tell you the truth. That's hard. It's hard. It's hard to hear. But I just don't. I just want things to be the way they were before I knew. So, I'm having to come to grips with the fact that I'm not the sweet person that I thought I was, the good person that I thought I was. No, you're a fucking prick. I, oh, no, no but the level, the level of awful that I'm at. You're not awful. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So let me explain. So my car needed, uh, I need to replace the battery in my car. I bought a battery. I just haven't had the opportunity to put it in yet. And by that, part of it's been laziness. Part of it has been just my scheduling. Yeah, it'll take you 20 minutes. But no, it won't because I have to do a little more than 20 minutes of work or I would have just had AutoZone do it. Um, they're like, no, you got to take a bunch of shit out to put this battery in. They're right. Uh, there's a Jesus bunch of shit. Jesus Christ, I hate that. It's obnoxious. It's a fucking conspiracy. The goddamn auto industry has conspired with the service industry to make your car so goddamn convoluted and complicated you can't do it yourself in your own goddamn driveway. Well, yeah, that's part of it. I hate it. Um, so... Moving on, like, I'm jumping my car with my new battery. Right. Okay, so I take the battery out of the trunk of my car, set it up under the hood of my car, and use it to jumpstart the current uh, battery. It's super hood. Yeah, that's wicked Hoosier. Um, so I'm, so I'm, for those of you that don't live in Missouri, Hoosier, yeah. in the state of Missouri, Hoosier is basically means white trash, redneck, backwater, whatever. We just call people a Hoosier. Yeah. So if you're in Indiana and you're offended by my use of the word Hoosier, you can go fuck yourself. So I am, uh, I'm jumping my car in the morning because I'm like, oh, it didn't start. It's cold. Okay, whatever. And oh, sorry, EB, you live in Indiana. Not you, not EB. This dude, not you, EB. This dude, he's backing out. He's clearly getting ready to go to work. He's like, do you need any help, man? I wouldn't have done that for him. Hmm. Um, and then it happened again a couple of days later, and a different guy was like, hey, man, do you need a jump? That was actually today. He's like, do you need a jump? And I was like, no, dude, I'm cool. Um, I would not have stopped. And why? Because I'm awful. Because whatever I'm doing is I, more important. Is, I deem is more important than these other things. And I'm like, it, I'm like, these people are showing what's good in the world. And like, 
you're being selfish. You're not awful. Well, no, it's awful. But like being selfish like that is awful. And I'm I'm seeing these other people show the things that are good in humanity, and it's incredible. Like it's something so small. Oh, I'll jump you. You know, whatever. Like that is. It, it's taking a moment to do something for a stranger and it's kind and it's good and like I would not do the same and coming to grips with that fact like I've I've I had a friend at one point in time like we were arguing with somebody and my friend said Chris is a better person than you'll ever be and like it was at the time I was like yeah I am but it was it was complete fucking arrogance and it was just awful and now moving forward, like there are so many times where I don't do the right thing and I don't stop to just do something for my fellow man. And I'm like, that's that's not really acceptable any longer, hmm. especially after having these recent interactions. I'm like, that's that's not good enough. Yeah. See, and I'm not I'm not saying this to disparage you or to, to blow my own horn, but that's exactly the kind of thing I would do. Like if I see a stranger and they're having a hard, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people that I don't know whose cars I've jumped. Yeah. And see, I am not like that at all. But, but you're also, I don't know, maybe you are. I just, I'm just lost. Like I, 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 I just feel lost. Like I just feel directionless and, and, and. It's not about directionless though. Like it's it's complete selfishness. Like realistically, I could take seven seconds to help somebody, and it's something simple. Like I've watched somebody drop something before and not picked it up for them, and that's. She laugh at him. No. She point laugh. No, no, no. But she I. You kick him in the balls while they were bent I over listened, trying to pick it up. <laughs> I listened to a podcast with. Uh, it was a Joe Rogan podcast, and he had a guy named Justin Wren on it. Justin Wren's an incredible human being, by the way. Um, but I'm listening to this guy and like the things that he's doing for strangers just to help them and stuff like that and be there for people like this guy's a true humanitarian, just a good fucking human. And like you listen to that and it's like, I would not even do that. Like, that's incredible. What you're doing is incredible. And uh, you deserve all kinds of accolades for it. And he's not doing it for the accolades, which makes it even more incredible. Like there's there's nothing to gain from it. Um, so that's that's fucking profound. And. I've been wrestling with that recently, and it's it's hard to come to terms with that I'm not the good person that I've tried to paint myself out to be, and uh, I'm not this thing that I've tried to transpose onto the world. Like that that was a lie. That was fiction, and that's that's weird. Like it's weird coming to terms with that, and it's like okay, so what do you do different then? And like sometimes when I have a conversation with myself regarding something like that, I'll call myself boy as a means of demasculating myself and letting myself know that I'm not where a good man would be at that point in time. So I'm like, boy, you need to go do this or do that. Like it's, it's pretty racist. It's yeah. Completely racist when I say that to myself. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's bizarre. And like, I've, I've reached this very strange point in my life that I, I'm, I don't fully understand, but I'm attempting to. And it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's different. It's very different. So what what do you what do you want? What do you want out of life? What do you So I want influence is one of the things that I do want. Um and it's one of the things that I've not really put any effort into having. Uh walking into a room and being a competent person in a room is not difficult um for me most of the time. 
so I'm able to do that and command a decent amount of respect through that. And uh, I sell myself short on other things too because I won't, I won't treat myself like the person that's deserving of respect after, after being comp competent or doing something that somebody else is unwilling to do. Um, and I guess I'm 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 fighting with my ego more so than anything recently. And it, I guess it's the death of part of my ego because it's uh, there's there's just so much that I. I'm having to come to terms with as far as I am inadequate and it's it's good to be doing so but it's also it's like well shit I've been lying to myself for a long time hmm and it's based on this persona that I've built when you say you want influence mm -hmm. what, what does that mean so for years now I've I've wanted to run for some political office and the reason for that is i would like to see the world be a little bit better and that's actually part of the reason for even doing this show mm -hmm. is wanting the world to be a little bit better and that's i, I try to it, through all of our banter and shenanigans i do try to impart something that's real and honest in every episode that we do and i think we do a decent job at that yeah we're all right um but like that's important and uh this influence like the things that are good and the things that are right like I want to see more of that on this planet so that's ultimately what I want this influence for I want the world that my kids live in to be a little bit better than the one that I lived in I want them to not have to worry about money like I did and stuff like that see I so you strike me as someone who is too decent for political office. Which is precisely the reason why I would need to do it. But I don't think, I don't think I've been in the place, um, to do so and not lose any semblance of decency that I have. And I think that's the part of me that's currently being sorted out. Hmm. Like the whole point of assuming a, position of authority at, at this juncture is to change things for the better and if i've not been in a place to where i could do so then it's appropriate that i wasn't in that place or in that position rather so yeah i do want influence but i want it to be appropriate and i want it to be good And I've not been in a position to where I could do that effectively. Hmm. I've been able to have uh, small interactions with individuals and maybe help them with some little thing or something like that. But it's 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 weird. You know how uh, when you're training somebody at work, you want them to do well. Mm -hmm. um, that's basically been the extent of it. Like I'll do something like that and be like, you can do better than this. But you don't necessarily want that person to be better at it than you. Sure. Yeah, because there's a there's a certain amount of envy, right? Yeah, and that's that's fucking foolish. Like no, that's such but an it, egotistical thing. That's it, it, asinine. It it is, but I think it's also human nature. Because we all want to be valued, and that's that's really where that's really where I think that's the root of all my struggles. Is that I. I, I want to be valued by people, right? 
I, I want to be important to them, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I want to be important to somebody. Well, and that's, that's the thing that's hard. So like we make up stories about ourselves. Okay. And I don't know if you do this, but I do. I'll try to think of the things that people think of me. And generally speaking, I'll have this skewed view of what people actually think of me. And I'm sure that's the case. Um, But I will have this very skewed view of what an individual may think of me. And a lot of it is just, it's a delusion of grandeur, basically. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to escape that and make it no longer delusion, but actual grandeur, like something to actually look up to. So I think you're in a, similar spot yeah i i don't i don't know how to explain it i'm at a loss for words but you know what's funny is people don't typically think until they're speaking did you know that Mm -mm. so when you're speaking is when you're actually formulating a thought in most cases a lot of the time you're unable to do so effectively in your own brain Oh, I believe that. So, yeah, like be doing the show, there's a lot of like thoughts that I've formulated and like mm-hmm. I'll go back and listen to an episode or something like that. And I'm like, wow, that was true. And that's what I think. That's what I believe. And that's good. Um, I did not know that I thought or believed that until it fell out of my mouth. And I didn't know it to be true until I heard it. And it's based on these observations that I've made and these things that I've witnessed to be true and good. So, yeah, that, then that's not me tooting my own horn. No, no, you would never do that. Well, that's not what I'm attempting to do. No, that's not who you are. I can be. Shut up. You know, here I am trying to defend you. Not defend you, but yeah, whatever. You know what? Fuck off. Here I am trying to mock you. Yeah, you're a prick. I am. I hate I you. Am. You're snotty and you're condescending and you're beautiful and you've got luxurious hair. <laughs> I am snotty, condescending. Shut up. You are not. I am. It's funny. I generally do it for the sake of comedy, but like I'm arrogant. I'm definitely arrogant. If I look like you, I'd be arrogant too. I want it to be, I want it to be confidence and not arrogance, though. Yeah, it's a thin line, man. It's it's a very fine line, but you have to, you have to successfully be able to navigate it. And yeah. I'm trying to I've, learn see, how to I've do never, so. I've never, I've never been a particularly confident person. Watching you lead people at work, there's a lot of confidence that goes into that. Yeah, you're kind, but I don't. I never, th- I never think about it that way. I you didn't just... have to think of it that way. It's simply what it was. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Bitches love confidence, and I don't have the confidence that gets me trim. And you don't. You're not trying to get bitches either. It's so funny. So like, we uh, we hosted this modeling event at work. Oh, and I have a fun story to tell. Um, but we hosted this modeling event at work, and uh, like, part of my job was to source these models and then to make them feel comfortable once they got there. Cause I found a bunch of women on Instagram. So they're showing up at some strange place to meet a bunch of strangers and then take pictures. Like, I think that's very awkward. Mm-hmm. And so I'm attempting to make them comfortable in this interaction with us. And so then you're, you know, you, you just talk to them and, uh, they're like, they're like, how did you get here? So then you tell a little bit of your story, only that, which you want them to know. 
and they're like wow that's incredible and you're like not really like it was part of it was just impulse like that's part of why i'm here is fucking impulse um so it's not really incredible and i didn't do anything particularly courageous like to be in the position that i'm at at work now like I, i left a job where i thought something was wrong and I did so on a whim and it was foolish uh, because I lost out on a bunch of money, but it was also <laughs> fulfilling and you know, it's, it's bizarre. It's fucking bizarre. And when you're telling people that they're like, "Whoa, that's cool. And you're a husband. And I'm like, well, I've hardly been able to be a husband. I've hardly been able to be a dad for the past fucking year. Yeah. And it's not that much better right now. Like I get, I get more time with my family than I did for sure. But this is also eating up a lot of time that I thought I would have with them. Hmm. So that's that's tough. But we're also opening a new business and establishing policies and all that stuff. Yeah, it's and a lot I, of work. I'm doing so with a friend, so then we'll talk about it. And like a big part of what I do at work is bouncing ideas off of this individual. And, you know, there's a bunch of banter there because we are friends. But, uh, yeah, it's fucking weird. And his whole thing is he's like, I'm going to make us rich. He's like, we're going to be rich because of this. <laughs> and that's good. And I'm like, it is good. Um, He's like, and, you know, I appreciate it. Like, it, he told me one day, he's like, we make a really good team. And I'm glad I'm glad you're here. And I was, was like, sweet. it was super sweet. Um, And I came home and I told Tara about that. And then I'm like, man, but I'm fucking... I'm in a very similar position to the one that I was in before where I'm working too much. So while you appreciate what I'm doing, my family ne- doesn't necessarily do so. And I took a fucking substantial pay cut <laughs> to do this. Right. Uh, so that's, that's scary. Like, you know, it was a more than 50% pay cut, you know, way more. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that's crazy. Like a, you know, 66% pay cut basically. Um, Sixty-six point three three. Look I guess. at you doing math in your head. Yeah, well, it's a. I mean, sixty-six point six six. I just didn't want to put all those sixes together because it's thirty-three point three 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 three. So yeah, yeah, it's like that. So basically, you lost two thirds. I lost yeah two thirds. Yeah. So essentially, what, what 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 I have what I have done is shown you a way to save the audience time. Yeah, yeah, um, but. <laughs> It's fulfilling because I get to see something being built from the ground up, and I get which is to, great. I get to have yeah, which is really cool. It is, and yeah. I, I mean, that was the best part. That was the best part of coming on board with Miniature Market. Yeah, was seeing this this empty shell of a building become, you know, a, the superstore. Yeah, a really a, a good hobby retail store. Yeah. An insane hobby retail store, especially when you look at, and this is not an advertisement or anything, but when you can get prices there that are better than what you can find online. Yeah, oftentimes. That's fucking nuts. Not always. Not always. Not always. Sometimes card, not card kingdom, but uh, cool stuff, Inc. or Amazon will be cheaper than us. But uh, there's a lot of times where you're cheaper than them. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Um, And a bunch of people like. Would you rather wait a day or two to get your item or would you rather go into that superstore, right. spend $3 more and get it today? 
That three dollars well, might be worth it. Sure. Well, and the, the and the differences too is that for the the shop, I mean, whatever our online price is, is our in store price yeah. as well. Yeah. So if it is, uh, I hated doing price changes there. Ah, uh, yeah. Such a we've, pain in the. We've dick. got it down. We've got it down to. I'm not going to go so far as to say a science. But we're doing them once a week. It's way more refined than it, it was. Yeah, it's way more refined than it was. That's but, good. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of improvements, but that's neither here nor there. So Tara and I went and saw Kevin Smith, mm -hmm. uh, Jay and Silent Bob's reboot tour. And at the beginning of the show, Kevin's like, yeah, I go out in the crowd and watch the show. Well, during the show, he's fucking standing right behind us. And I'm like, holy shit. Then he comes and sits right next to Tara. Wow. And I'm like, oh my God, I started podcasting because of this guy. Yeah. Um, like the level of admiration I have for him is through the roof. And he's brilliant. I'm a total Kevin Smith dick writer. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, he's made some shitty movies, but he's a smart guy. He's fun. He, he's incredible. He's one of those people that's fucking honest to a fault. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome. Like, it's incredible. Um, but he's like, yeah. So he comes and fucking sits by us. And I'm like, holy shit. So, like, we're fucking laughing at the movie with Kevin Smith, and he's looking and making sure we're laughing and stuff. And uh, I see him chuckle a couple of times because he likes the reaction that the crowd's given and all that. And then uh, he gets up, and I, like, look at him, and he sees me look at him, and he comes over to me and pats me on the arm and is like, ha, ha. And I was like, holy shit, yeah. So, you know, I, <laughs> I pat him back on the arm, and he's like, bye. And <laughs> And just, just hot lows were blowing in your oh, jeans. Dude, You're like, <laughs> what's so funny? Tara's like, Tara's like, that was the worst position we've ever been in. Like, you can't. We're watching a movie. We're watching his movie, so we right. can't stop and be like, hey, hey, can we get a picture or something with you? Yeah. Um, and it's somebody who I admire. She loves the guy. Like, he's incredible. Uh, so you know, we're fucking freaking out and can't do anything about it. But I did tweet him, and I was like, dude, my wife really appreciated you coming to sit by us, and he liked it, which was fucking cool, too. Wow. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, I love that man. Yeah. But super cool. I'm wearing the shirt that I got at the show. It's uh, Blunt Man and Chronic. Chronic got rebooted to a woman. Of course. And Blunt Man was played by Val Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's fantastic. Oh, so good. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, the movie was fun. If you've watched, uh, Kevin Smith flicks, which mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen all of them and Tara has at this point. Yeah. Clerk, clerks and chasing Amy are two of my favorites. Uh, Mallrats is so fucking good. Uh, uh, it's fine. I mean, so I was, I was talking to a guy about this. Uh, we, for Halloween, we went with, uh, Christopher's friends, parents invited us over to go hang out with them and stuff. And the dad was, um, he's like, you know, I work for, I'm a publisher with a newspaper. It's a small newspaper, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's like no money in it, but it's fun. Um, you know, I love getting to do the movie reviews and I'm like, oh no shit. We just did this, blah, blah, blah. And so we start talking about Kevin Smith and he's like, you know, he's like, he's, his movies aren't that great. He's like, his dialogue is the best dialogue. Um, he's like. And if you were going to watch a movie that was like pure dialogue, he's like, you'd want to watch his movie. But uh, like the movies aren't always the best thing in the world. And I was like, oh, wow, that was a pretty fair point. Because like Red State was a fun flick. Um, it wasn't a great movie, though. No, it was a bit preachy. Uh, um, but 
it was enjoyable and the guy the guy who plays the the main villain the preacher yeah was great yeah well uh ben affleck stole him for a movie after that because really yeah so kevin smith reached out to him and was like hey um can you write me a review for the movie and uh he did and he's like kevin messages him back and he's like really that's all you got and he's like what do you want me to say i stole fucking half the cast for my next movie of course i liked it <laughs> because he did he took half the cast for his next movie that he directed wow what uh, movie was that i don't recall mm. i don't recall but it was it was pretty funny um and then he said st louis was the only town that got this reaction out of ben affleck's monologue in the movie <laughs> and uh and he's like i texted ben that and ben was like i know <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic he's like it was such an affleck thing to say yeah uh but yeah super cool um it was a fun show to go to. It was it was a fun flick. Like if you're if you're a fan of his movies, it's it's basically him tipping his hat to his own movies through what the whole movie thing. Is this Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Ah, uh, so it, it's a fun flick. It's funny. It's good. You get to see the people that you've been seeing Kevin Smith movies for the past twenty five years in it, and it's it was good. It was nice. Hmm. It was real nice. Good. I'm glad you guys had a good time. Yeah, we had a really great time. Well, and uh, so like. It was a it was a date night. We hadn't had a date night in forever. And she's like, I'm so glad you bought me tickets to this. I bought balcony seats thinking we were going to have this like profound seating. Now, it ended up being profound because Kevin Smith sat by us. Uh, it be it only for a few minutes, but it was amazing. Okay. Um, but the seats weren't particularly stellar. Like I thought the balcony would be like the balcony at uh, at a play. No. Where you want to be, but it wasn't. It was at the pageant, so it's like we're up top. We have to like look down at the screen to watch yeah, the movie. Yeah, the pageant's a, I mean, it's a shitty venue. It's a fun venue to go to a no, concert at it's, if no, you're in the No, it's a shitty venue for everything because the audio is terrible. I've seen really good bands there, and it just, it, it, it's not a good experience. Some of the best shows that I've been to have been there. Now, the, the shittiest venue that I've been to uh, not the shittiest venue that I've been to, but one of the shittier venues that I've been to is Pops, and I've seen some of the best shows there. And I saw Danzig at Pops, and it you? was awesome. Uh, I saw Panic at the Disco at Pops one time, mm-hmm. and it was absolutely fucking incredible. I've seen my favorite band. And there's a titty bar next door. Yeah. You, you saw your favorite band. Under Oath there many times. Um, I've seen Patrick Stump from Fall Out Boy there. I saw Fall Out Boy at the Creepy Crawl one time, though, so like as far as being intimate with a band like that. Fallout Boy, you hate them. Is fucking wretched. They're fucking wonderful. They're you're just horrid. Listen, you're mad at nothing. You're just wasting time. <laughs> I hate their, their, you. their singer covered that song. I hate you so much. Um, but yeah, you know. But I don't. I don't hate anybody. Well, actually, you know what? I, the thing is, I don't hate myself like I used to. Really? Yeah. So you're starting to value yourself. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Right. And that's. I mean, to sort of bring it all back, I know we meandered there. Although, to our credit, this episode has been more focused than any of our other episodes. Oh, for sure. Re- regarding the main topic. For sure. I think we've done a very good job. Yeah, right? And, and you guys are welcome. Yeah, you're, you are welcome. <laughs> We're breaking the fourth wall continually <laughs> during this episode. Sorry for saying this, but, you know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, whatever. Um what was my oh yes i just i don't know i mean 
I, I just don't have the same disdain for your own being. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's actually healthy. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm sure that it is, but I'm going to loan you a book. I don't know if you'll ever read it. I don't know. I've got loaned books sitting on the shelf. Oh, okay. Then I'm not going to yeah, loan you a book. That's a good call. I should, uh, I will get you an audio version of it because I think you would listen to it and I think it'd be amazing for you. And which book is this? Um, it was, I was going to send you 12 rules for life, but uh, yeah. I would do maps of meaning as well, but I've not finished that one. So I can't necessarily say that that would be appropriate. It's not like these, you know, big tooth Tony Robbins. No, rah, rah, no, 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 not at all. Shit. So Jordan Peterson is pretty dreary mm-hmm. in a lot of what he writes. Oh, and he's dry as fuck. He's super intelligent, man. Yeah. Like oh, the, no, guy's, no. the guy's fucking super brilliant. And uh, like, I, so I bought Maps of Meeting. Um, my first copy got damaged on the way here. So Amazon's like, we canceled and refunded your order. And I'm like, fuck you. I wanted that book. Send me another one. So I had to reorder it. Took mm. a few extra days. So I get it. And I start reading it. And within the first page, I had to look up three words. Mm. You want to talk about feeling fucking stupid. Oh, no. I, I get it. And I had to look up how to pronounce them even. Because I'm like, I don't even know what I'm trying to read right now. So, hmm. like, I'm trying to make sense of this word. One, I don't understand it. I, I can't. I'm too stupid. Isn't that, isn't that exciting, though? It's like, it, it's like it's like having a decoder ring, right? Where you come across this word, and not only do you not know the word, you don't know how to pronounce it. And then you wonder about the etymology of the word, and where did this word come from? And 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 it's it's such it's such an esoteric thing that I can't even discern its meaning from context. So I have to get another book to decode what the uh, the first book is telling me. I just got I, my phone for it. That shit's amazing. <laughs> Stop it. Well, that's what I did. I no, was like, Google. You're right. God damn it. Well, no, if I, I don't own a dictionary at this point in time. What the fuck? I know. I, I, we threw our dictionary away when we moved. <laughs> um, so when, when, we, uh, when we get into our house, I plan on putting a library in it, and I, I want to have a full almanac. It's, it's pronounced library. Li- yeah, I want a library in it. And... <laughs> I want a full almanac and like, I want it to be leather bound. And I also want to smell of rich mahogany. mahogany. <laughs> no, I, I, so I've started getting leather bound books because of I, of course you did. I've been, you have many leather bound books, I have like four, <laughs> but I started, I started getting them because I wanted to have a, an attractive library at some point in time. Library, library. Yeah. Library. Um, so I wanted to be attractive, so I started buying these books, and it was literary classics, basically, that I began buying, and now I'm like, I should probably get a leather-bound dictionary. Yeah, that's one of my favorite Modest Mouse lines is, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he references the books on his shelf, you know, look at all those books on my shelf, you know, much smart, looking much smarter than me. Right? Yeah. Well, the books that I have, like, the, so the books that I bought over the past few years, um, I did buy a bunch of comic books recently, but like I've bought way more uh, books on being decent. So like I bought, um, fuck, what was that Jocko Willink book? Uh, Extreme Ownership, Um, How Navy Seals Lead and Win. So I bought that book. I bought 12 Rules for Life. I bought Maps of Meaning. Like, And uh, I bought Rich Dad, Poor Dad. All these books that are supposed to make you a better and more honed person. Um, and n- none of them are particularly t- like Tony 
Robbins or Robins or however the fuck you say that guy's Tony name. Robbins, yeah. Tony Robbins, yeah. None of them are, you've got the power inside of you. It's not fucking like that. It's like, the, the world sucks and you need to be better in the world. Or the world sucks because you're a piece of shit. Basically, and if and if you stop being a piece of shit, then maybe your neighbor will stop being a piece of shit. That's basically what they are. Yeah, and uh, like extreme ownership is like it's for your career path, basically. And it's like, all right, well, if you're not getting what you want, what the fuck are you gonna do different? Stop bitching about your boss. How about that, pussy? And it's like, oh fuck. He's like, you think when you're a Navy SEAL you can bitch about your boss? No, no, you can't because he's an admiral. Fuck you, man mm-hmm. up. And you're like, okay, yes, sir, Jocko Willink. And uh, fuck, you wouldn't argue with Jocko Willink anyway. He's some fucking big badass Navy SEAL that squats 400 pounds. Like, you're such a conservative. Why? You're so, because you you have all the the Jockos and the Jordan Petersons. You have all these. Jordan Peterson's not necessarily all conservative. These, you, but you've all these hate-mongering, oh, hate homophobic, racist conservatives. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I have books that talk about personal responsibility, and if it's bad to be personally responsible, then... uh, it makes you a racist. Oh, okay. Well, then it makes you a homophobe. I'm awful. It makes you sexist. Gotcha. So if I'm if I'm reading a book that's like, hey, you shouldn't be an asshole and grab women's asses because you can, because that's not personally responsible. And... No, that's woke. Oh, so. So these books are woke then? No. I don't fully understand. Not these, not these books. Just because of who wrote it? Yes. Precisely. If if fucking Obama <laughs> wrote it, it'd be fine. Oh my God. Here come there. Did you, <laughs> did you hear? We just lost listeners. They just fell off of a cliff. Well, no, because we lost you so said many conservative, listeners. so I went to the other side with it, yeah. and I'm like, is Stop that, it. would you rather me say Joe Biden? We should do a whole politics episode. Just fucking, you know, we're like, hey, Chris and I have decided to end the show, so we're going to talk politics. I don't think it's ending it at that point. I think it'll yeah. open us up to all kinds of scrutiny that we need. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We you absolutely... know, there's a fucking hate mail tab that you pieces of shit don't even exercise. Yeah, no, it's true. Like, I paid for this domain name, okay? Yeah, no, I'm it's like, fair. who wears the pantspodcast.com? You can go there, motherfuckers. So this, this whole episode is about how Chris and I need your validation, listeners. The only reason Chris does this is so that... You can send us hate mail. You can know so that he can influence you. And the only reason that I do this is so that you can shower me with admiration and I can feel personal value. So realistically, <laughs> this is no, how that this... was the most real thing that we that, that has been said yeah, in this last that's, hour. That's been said. Yeah. But realistically, how this shapes out <laughs> is we get a bunch of hate mail and they're like, Chris, you talk like a girl, and you you're do, stupid, and you take a bunch of, all, of pauses. First of all, what kind of sexist bullshit is this? You, you talk. I have like a, a high pitched g- voice. Is the sexist so? bullshit that that is? I don't have a manly voice. You have a fine voice. It's a voice. I don't give a shit. You can fucking hate my voice all you want, and you take lots of pauses, and you sound dumb when you talk. Like I think all these things, so I'm sure the listeners think it. So well, that's that. why you have an editor who takes those pauses and silences no, I out. I leave most of them in. Oh my god! No wonder people don't listen to this fucking show. No, I take out the long ones, but like for the most part, if if I'll take out your long one, Chris. Good one. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, like the the pauses that we're taking, I think are important because it shows that we're thinking at a point in time. We, we uh, do. And if there's and... if there's like an awkward pause for whatever, that's the thing that I'll take out. Yeah. Um, but as far as just editing out pauses like no i don't think that that's necessarily effective and i don't think that that 
conveys the message of what we're doing because we are trying to be thought out in a lot of what we say. Mm-hmm. So it's important to show that, hey, this is there's there's a fucking second between words here because we're trying not to say something that is untrue. I think I'm going to go get a blowjob from a hooker and yeah. then see what my old lady has and to then say do about butt it. stuff. No, 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 because I can't put my dick. I can I can put my dick in a mouth, but not in a vag. So that's I, that's the rule. Apparently. Is that what she said? Yeah, that's retarded, right? It doesn't make any sense. None. You, I can blow a load in your mouth, but not in your coos. You can get a fucking OTP HJ. It's not cheating. No. Over the pants. Hand. First of all, I'm not fucking 12. I don't want any over the pants. You might. No, I don't. Do you remember being a kid? And by a kid, I mean a teenager. And mm. like when you would and be getting. Regretting f- not fingering Jennifer Kellerman. Yeah, I do remember that. You're welcome, Jennifer, for the shout out. Um, no, but like you're doing, you're like hanging out with a girl. You really wanted her attention. And then you guys end up fucking dry humping or something stupid like that. And you're like, that was awesome. The scab on my dick sucks. Oh though. my God. Right. The worst fucking dry humping is the worst because it your is, dick fucking hurts. It's the worst thing in the world. But that's all you wanted at that point in time because uh, you were too stupid to go P to V. Yeah. And like oh god it was coveted at that point in time you were like how do i get this dry hump session going um and now you're like that's a fucking that's a stupid waste of time it's still cheating like why would i do that it's bizarre yeah i think if you blow a load it's cheating so if you go and you fuck somebody and you don't come not cheating no okay i beg to differ no so what I meant by that, what my my intention was, is that if you blow a load, if you get a hand job or a beach and you blow your load, it's cheating. What if what you if put your just dick grinding on you? If you put your dick in another person's mouth, that's cheating. It, okay, if you go to a strip club and a stripper's grinding on you, is that cheating? No. No. What if she makes you come? Mm, that's a gray area, sir. It's, it's not. So I know because no I strippers know ever made me come. To. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he went to a strip club and had some girl come up and give him a lap dance, and he was so belated that uh, he definitely shot a load off in his pants. Wow, that's so bad. It's because then you got to walk around with a fucking load in your pants all night, and oh, gross. That would be the worst. Um, do you go get paper towels and like, yeah, create you a go barrier? to the bathroom and try to fucking clean yourself up, and hopefully you get it in time before it starts to seep through your pants, and people can see that you've fucking blown a load, and you thank God that the lighting in this place is so shitty, so people can't see the load that you blew in your pants because you didn't make it to the bathroom in time, and you didn't have a dollar to fucking tip the guy who gave you the fucking soap. Oh God! No, that guy with the soap—he's a fucking terrorist. <laughs> I hate the bathroom attendants. I don't want you there. I don't need you to fucking push the soap button for me or to go up to the little hand of fucking soft soap that yeah. I already have. Like, or the hand, the bottle of soft soap. I have one in my house. I know how you it know, functions, motherfucker. You know, I don't want your gum. I don't want your fucking dollar store cologne. I've but, got dollar store cologne but on my you t- own. But you still tip that guy when you go to the bathroom. Mm, I So I did at first. You got to give that guy and money. Now the last you got to give times, that guy money. No, the last couple of times I pretend he's not there. Yeah. No. Okay. So you're. You know what? I I take everything back. You are a bad person. <laughs> One, I did not ask him to be there. <laughs> I did not go there expecting any sort of service. And when I go to the bathroom, that's an intimate time. I really, really, really don't want to make a pee pee 
and then walk over to wash my hands and have you fucking trying to wipe my so ass. Recently, I went to a strip club. Yes. Um, in in yes. PT in PT Centerville in Illinois, and there was uh, there's Club Onyx, there's PT Centerville across the street from one another, and neighboring Club Onyx is a massage parlor. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's exactly what you're thinking, listeners. And what I didn't realize is that there's a whole swingers club inside PT Centerville. So there's a whole cordoned off area with its own separate bouncer where you can go and anything goes. And so they, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but basically if you spend $500 and you take a stripper in there, you get it. Anything goes. Yeah. Yeah. So we we went there one night, Tara and I did, and this girl was like, do you want to pay for a VIP room? There's a bed. And I'm like, huh? Like, there's a bed for a lap dance? This is bizarre. And she's like, yeah, a lap dance. Yeah, no, she was going to fucking do the no pants lap dance. Yeah, I know. Scary. Right? Yeah. Um, I don't want your VD, ma'am. Yes, but if you tell the stripper that you want to watch her masturbate and then taste her fingers, they'll do it. Is that what happened? Uh, I cannot confirm nor deny that this occurred, but it, I'm just telling you that they'll do it. Now you guys know. 